Welcome to Blue Bloods College Game Time. A true blue pod production. Quarterback draw. He's got running room. And a first down. Watch out. He's got getaway speed. Touchdown. That game on last night had me sweating. I couldn't believe it. It was college game time. A couple of blue bloods out competing. College game day Saturdays. Big time players making plays. All I really need is another weekend full of back to back games. Just me and my friends, man. I love college. College football. I love March Madness. Welcome to another episode of the Blue Bloods College Game Time Podcast. It's Trey Smith. And it's your boy, Brandon Holmes. Welcome to Blue Bloods College Game Time Podcast for the fans, by the fans. Man, we are coming. Listen, normally we record a lot earlier. I had to travel today, so it threw us behind schedule. But thankfully we did. Because as I'm boarding my plane from Florida to come back to Philadelphia, I get a text from you. Did you (laughs) just see Coach O is getting out? He's out, graciously fired, with a seventeen million dollar buyout. Not bad. Not graciously a bad way to get fired. fired. <laughs> finish the season, you know. You get to finish the season, get your money, but then we're gonna go find someone else. But you know, that's a nice little teaser because we're gonna revisit that in the true minute drill. Yep. So, um, we will we will definitely be revisiting that in the true minute drill. Sorry, I was making sure my mic was working there. Um, had some other bombshells, you know, Iowa, they, they are who I thought they are, or they, they, they were who I thought they were. Um, finally, I've I've been waiting for it to happen, but this was finally the week where I went, Oh, okay. There they are. That's, that's who I thought they were this whole time. There they are. There's Iowa. Um, not to knock them. I'm sure they're still going to have a great season. Um, probably will play in the big 10 championship. So I'm not taking away from them. I just, if you've been listening, I just haven't been sold that they're like a top four playoff caliber team. Um, right. I thought I was going to take until the Big Ten champion to, to championship to do that. And um, gosh, weren't we just talking last week about Wisconsin, Nebraska, and then here comes Purdue? And you know, I, I almost we'll get into it, but I, I really I should have thought about Purdue a little bit sooner. Jeff Brom, I think he kind of gets overlooked a little bit because of yeah. where he is in the Big Ten. But the dude's an offensive genius, and he always gives te- like in 2018 they upset number two Ohio State. Like his team gets yep. up to play big games, man. I should have played a little bit more attention to them, but it was a great well, game. Know, I, I watched it. He's a uh, he's a Bobby Petrino disciple, so ah makes sense. There's still a small soft spot in my heart as a Razorback <laughs> fan for Bobby Petrino, even though the way that whole thing ended is just unfortunate. But yeah, that was terrible. Man, those were some good times. Okay, I gotta, I gotta, I, you know, we're we're on three losses in a row right now. I probably won't even talk about the Razorbacks this week, but you can see <laughs> I got the shirt on if you're watching. Gotta rep. Uh, I got the helmet in the background. Um, I've written some couple. Uh, I've written a couple of articles. Uh, they're actually up on the Fan Nation All Hogs site, powered by yeah, Sports shout Illustrated. Out to you, man, you got published, man. bro. That's huge. Yeah. That's huge. So, in fact, think four articles over the weekend. Two wow. are on the Longhorn site, and two are on the Razorback site. And I might even have another one going up tonight. So, um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. It, it's kind of yeah. 
Make it we'll get into it another time, <laughs> but my goodness, it's they're actually starting to give me a lot more, uh, as it, you know, a lot more, not sure what word I'm looking for here, but, um, a lot more investment maybe with the, awesome. uh, Razorback site. So, which obviously fits right into my wheelhouse. Right, it's just right. kind of <laughs> almost divine how, where their biggest area of need is happens to be like right in my your you know, biggest passion. sweet spot, right? My passion. That's right. So anyways, Hey, even if you're not a hog fan, check out all hogs. It's the sports illustrated, uh, fan nation fan page for the Razorbacks. So obviously you've seen B Holmes. He's up on the old miss. In fact, when the, uh, coach O news broke, there was an article that went up, shout out to Matt, my boy, Matt Galzant with the shout sports illustrated Matt. posted an article. It was getting like crazy almost almost 700 almost a thousand hits a minute when he posted it and then right at the top of it was a video of b holmes right there doing his <laughs> recap of the craziness from last night Man. which i'm sure i'm sure one of us will get into that later in the episode so oh, for sure for sure well man to jumpstart things you know they i think if you've been listening to us for a little bit you kind of know how we do it we go to the college football playoff plus two so who will be our four for our next two wins so trey why don't you want to kick us off this week man uh, I think I kicked oh, you went first last, last week. Yeah, so I guess Even if I didn't, though, I want you to go first because I actually took a little bit of an unorthodox approach this mm. week. So, <laughs> okay, so uh, yeah, uh, it's it. This was a this was a little tough one for me this week. Obviously, Georgia's going to be my number one. Um, I actually and I don't. I just I picked against them in my bowl just because I wanted a crazy pick you know if, if it oh, yeah. worked out it's not like a genius but i didn't really think kentucky would beat them but they did what they were supposed to do um number two for me is OU man i said this last week when caleb williams came in a game and he started playing really good i was like this is going to be the offense i think that we were expecting to see from OU and man the kid's electric man true freshman balling mm. out i love what i'm seeing OU now looks very dangerous. Now, I know it's only a game and a half sample size. Um, and obviously, as you get more film, you'll be able to kind of break it down. But the kid just has the it factor, man. Yes. You know, he just has the it factor. And the team plays hard for him. And I'm liking OU's chances um, to finish undefeated at this point. This is where stuff gets a, a little tricky for me, man. Um, number three, I, I'm going to roll in and just say Bama. Um, they okay. they came off the the big loss uh, last week, but man, they handled business against Mississippi State. They looked mm -hmm. sharp. They looked refocused. Um, and thanks to the playoff air, and it's no longer the BCS, you can kind of suffer a loss. And if they handle business and go to the SEC championship game, I think they could take. They I think they can give Georgia a run for their money. I don't know if they'll beat them. It's just for me where me it gets where it gets tight. Number four, man, and it's there's so many people to pick from. Um. I'm gonna say originally I was gonna go with with my boys in blue, uh, but I'm just not fully sold. So I gotta go to the other undefeated team, and that's Cincinnati because they did what they were supposed to do this week. They did, and and I've been reading up on them all week. I've been paying a little bit more closer attention to them since the win in Notre Dame, and that's what you're supposed to do. You're just supposed to blow teams out. You mm -hmm. have to blow them out of the water, and that's exactly what Cincinnati is doing. And as long as they keep doing that. They're going to get a vote for me. Um, I like Luke Fickle. I like Cincinnati. I would like to see them get a shot. You know, we'll we'll be able to see what happens. My next two in. This is where it gets tough. Um, I got a little a little bias over here for my next guys up. I like Ole Miss, man. They played a tough one. They played a tough one yesterday, but Matt Corral, 
Mm-hmm. Two, I mean, 200 yards, 230 in the air, two, another 200 on the ground. I mean, as he goes, that offense goes. And if you catch him hot on the right game, I think they can compete mm-hmm. with just about anybody in the country. And then uh, number six, I hate saying it. I hate saying it. But if, <laughs> if I'm on the board, I know this is probably where it's going to go. I'm going to pick Ohio State. Um, mm. Don't like saying it, but they have the best wide receiver core in the country, I believe, if not the best, the second best. Um, with Chris Olave, Garrett, uh, Garrett Wilson, they have uh, Trivion Henderson, a true freshman's ball, and CJ Strouds look good. Now, my only caveat is the last two teams they have played have been very subpar Big Ten teams, um, and mm-hmm. I think we're really about to figure out if Ohio State's really kind of ramping back up because that's everyone's prediction right now is they're going to run the table, um, but they're about to experience right. the gauntlet of the Big Ten with Michigan State, Penn State, and Michigan. So that would be my top four with my next two in. Well, and – to piggyback on that, as the season's playing out, it does kind of seem like Ohio State's just going to find a way mm-hmm. to run the table, win the Big Ten, and then find their way in the CFP at season's end. But I hope not just for the sake of just something different. I mean, like I look at a team like Cincy, like if they're going to really sustain – you know, their, their ranking and be able to stay in the CFP. I do think it's going to require Bama or Georgia having two losses. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise I think both those teams are in. And I think that, yeah, uh, you, I'm just thinking if the big 10 plays out, Maybe it would have to be Ohio State to get in there. I don't know. That's a conversation for a different time. Just like what what would it take for Cincy? Because, yeah, they're number two now. But, you know, as Bama keeps winning games, as these Big Ten teams keep winning games, eventually they're probably going to get leaped and most likely left out unless everything plays itself to in a way where you've got these two lost teams, you've got a lot of one lost teams, and then you're going, we have to put them in. Give them a shot. Yeah. So – Here's how I did this this week. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I did it a little different. I'm going to tell you the matchup I want for each seed, okay? Mm. So I've got a matchup for one through four, plus that, that that it's not really the next two in, it's just it's my next two in matchup. Right. That makes sense. I got you. So I've got Georgia and Bama playing each other for the number one spot. I've got Bedlam for the two spot. Ooh. OU versus Oak State. I think Oak State, and I'll say this a little bit later, but I, I, I think that they're, um, they, they probably could be getting a little more respect than what they've been getting, and I'll ex- I'll explain that a little bit later um, on this episode. Number three, I've got Michigan versus Michigan State, Whew. playing for that spot. Two weeks, man. And then for the fourth spot, I've got Cincinnati. Playing the Ole Miss Rebels for that fourth spot. And I know who I think would win that game. But it kind of just worked itself out with OU Oak State, Michigan, Michigan State. I'm thinking these are teams that have beaten everybody that have been put in front of them. Um, And right now, if the season were to end today, I would like to see those four games played for those four slots. Um, And then my next game in... I've got Ohio State, and I really wanted to put Wake Forest just because they're undefeated. 
They're mm. they're kind of right now the the only hope for the ACC yeah. um, as it pertains to any of these types of conversations. I already said it last week. I think they're going to lose to Army this week. In fact, I said it last week because I thought the game – I misread. I thought yeah, the game was this past this weekend, but it's actually this upcoming weekend. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't because I went and looked at Wake Forest's schedule, and I just thought I can't do it. So I've got that last game. You want to know who it is? It's Ohio State versus A&M because after A&M, yeah. you better watch out for them down the stretch, yeah. I think. They're hot like, right now, I think man. They, yeah, you, you come off beating the number one team. There was no hangover at Mizzou. Okay, now I'm not sitting here trying to say Mizzou is, is this elite program right now, but it was a right. road SEC game. And they just went in and dominated and took care of business. So um, that's my that's my lineup. Georgia-Bama for the one spot. OU-Oak State for the two spot. Michigan versus Michigan State for the three spot. Ole Miss and Cincy for the four spot. And then Ohio State and A&M for that last, that last game in. That's um, good. The A&M, man, I, I, I just pulled up their schedule, the remaining part of their schedule. Oh, it's very doable. They have South Carolina. It is. They have Auburn. They have Ole Miss. Prairie View, and then the last game of the year against LSU. Very... Auburn, Ole Miss. <laughs> if they get through those, it's just the SEC West, man. I mean, all those teams. Auburn looks great. Ole Miss looks great. A and M. I mean, it's just it's just a gauntlet. It's a gauntlet, man. So it's be interesting. Um. Okay, well, let's get into mailbag because this is something that, um, one. It kind of teases a little bit of basketball season, even though it's not like a necessarily a basketball like point, issue, yeah, or issue, yeah. But so I don't know if anyone who's listening saw, um, but this week it was released. In fact, I think it was on Friday because when I got the alert, I texted you it text, to you, B Holmes, and was like, yep. "We're talking about this this week on Mailbag," and. Um, Essentially, the NCAA task force recommended removing minimum standardized test scores in an effort to advance racial equity. And just to kind of give you a quick synopsis of the article or or, or maybe just the the intro to the article, it's on ESPN. If you want to just Google NCAA task force recommends, you know, removing standardized test scores or, you know, NCAA standardized test scores, it'll probably be one of the first ones that pops up. But, uh, Essentially, where are we at? Uh, The recommendation was made by the NCAA Standardized Test Score Task Force, which was formed as a part of the NCAA's eight-point plan to advance racial equity. The Division I Committee on Academics and Division II Academic Requirements Committee will consider the recommendation at their next scheduled meetings in February. Changes to initial eligibility requirements would also have to be reviewed and made through each division's legislative process. Now, the part of this conversation is not meant to be about what was recommended and what ends up happening and even diving deep into what this whole thing is. I don't know all the facts around it yet other than one article, so I don't want to sit here and try to speak on it in depth. Right. Here's what it triggered in my brain. Is I'm going to put this book up for anyone who is watching the recording of this. Okay, and if you're listening, I'm holding up a book called I Came as a Shadow by John Thompson. Okay, John Thompson Thompson is a legendary Georgetown coach. Um, passed away, I believe, last I year. I think it was last um, year. Mm-hmm. 
And, um, you know, he was, he's, he's just an icon in the game. Yeah, um, he's, he's a big reason why colleges have sponsorship deals with major uh, brand companies. Um, I, you could go on and on about the guy, but there was a very famous protest or move that he made uh, protesting something that was called Proposition 42 back in the late 80s, may have been the 88, yep. 89 season. <clears throat> and essentially what that proposition was, and I, I bring this book up because he has a whole chapter about it. And let me just say this before I get into that. I would strongly recommend anybody reading this book just for the perspective that it offers whether you're yeah. black or white, brown, whether you're Republican or Democrat, wh whatever your your personal beliefs are, I think that this book could really challenge perspective, help perspective, and really like for me personally just to say this honestly like as a as a white male in America reading this book written by a black man in America and just getting his perspective and his experience and like his life's journey, which is way different than mine. It was just really good for perspective. So I'm not going to get too much on the soapbox about that, but I just would encourage whatever. I mean, it's not something that's going to like, I, I just would highly recommend anyone to read the book. One, it's got some great sports stories in it. I mean, he talks yeah, about Allen Iverson, talks about Patrick Ewing, talks about his whole dealings with Rayful Edmond, who's a notorious, right. uh, was a notorious drug kingpin uh, up in uh, Washington, D.C. I mean, just some fascinating stories. But then he also has some very, like, strong perspectives that mm -hmm. I thought for me were just really cool to hear and read and, and learn just, just as a person who's always trying to grow and become better in who I am. Um, so anyways, well, that being said, Basically, what Proposition 42 was is it was going to replace Proposition, I think, 48, which it all comes back to some of the same stuff. And, and without reading the whole chapter or anything like that, just to kind of sum it up in a nutshell, it goes, man, you know what? I am going to read it because I don't want to. So it says <laughs> Proposition, yeah, Proposition 42 made it harder for poor kids, most of them black, to receive athletic scholarships. It roots back to the early 1980s when a University of Georgia professor said publicly that several football players in her classes were close to illiterate, but the school kept them eligible anyways. The outcry forced the NCAA to set a minimum standard for athletes to compete as a freshman, a 2.0 high school GPA or a 700 score on the SAT. Mm -hmm. Athletes who took the ACT needed a score of 15. Players who did not meet any of these benchmarks could still receive athletic scholarships, but would have to sit out of competition their first year of college until their grades reached a required level. The rule was called Proposition 48. I could live with that one, is what Thompson said. The University of Georgia made things worse when they fired the professor. She sued and got her job back, plus $1 million in damages. That placed Georgia and the rest of the SEC under the microscope. The SEC decided as a conference not to give scholarships to players without reaching those standards. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the SEC, the football powerhouse of the NCAA. I mean, it's not like this is just something new. They issued this rule essentially as damage control 
that they weren't going to allow athletes to even have scholarships. Not not just what it was before, where you could still get your scholarship and come be a part of the program. And that's what John Thompson was notorious for. He would bring guys in. He would right. get them in a culture where they could thrive, where they could learn. He had um, a, a lady on his staff that was like an individual tutor, and he got them to where they needed to be academically because he was his whole point was, I'm not just trying to prepare them for basketball, but I'm trying to prepare them for life, life. beyond that. Yeah. So he was cool with that. As long as I could get him a scholarship, get him in the program, I could. I, I, he knew his system that he had and other – places in the country had could get players where they needed to be. Well, now that the SEC made this rule that, well, we're not going to allow players to even have scholarships if they don't meet these minimum requirements. Well, guess what? Mm -hmm. Now they're, now the SEC is at a significant recruiting disadvantage. And so they raised enough noise with the NCAA where the NCAA was going to issue proposition 42, which was going to say, well, the entire landscape is going to follow this model that, um, the SEC has put forth. Yeah. And it was kind of a big deal where, um, and if you know, read the book or if you, you could even YouTube it, it's, it's like a very yeah, famous a uh, statement that he made where literally the night of a game, he sat there and right before uh, opening tip, he stood up, he walked off and he did not coach. And, you know, someone doing something like that today or, or even that, that statement is viewed today as like this iconic, heroic, move that he made to advocate for something that he believed in that, mm -hmm. you know, or you could even sum it up in a word of progress. But at the time he took a ton of heat for mm -hmm. that, took a ton sure. of heat, a ton of bad press. And I just thought it's important to bring that up now because now here we are in 2021 where the NCAA is looking for avenues and ways to make sure things are equitable amongst mm -hmm. the landscape because he goes into uh, he being John Thompson in the book, he goes into some some significant issues. There's a lot of them are even prevalent today, just as it pertains to the education system and and depending on location and and economic you know uh, uh, status, kind of yeah. kind of impacts um, the type of education and the type of learning environment you have, which is is not always you know the same as uh, you know from 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 state to state, city to city, county right. to county, and things like that. And anyways. Um, I just, I think the point in me going on that whole tangent is to say this decision that's being made or that's being put before the NCAA committees now, to me, goes back to a statement and a decision that John Thompson made back in the late eighties. And I just think it's important to acknowledge that, uh, it is almost basketball season. We are going to be talking about you know, our blue bloods and talking, you know, having all the college basketball coverage until March madness as, as we, you know, also get into the last half of football season, but I don't know, man, I, 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 I just, that caught my attention. It took me back to John Thompson and the statement that he made. Um, what are your thoughts? Um, I think it's really interesting. And it's, when you shot me the text and we kind of, we didn't really message about it. I think I was, I was doing something, but I kind of took some time to think about it. And so it's like twofold for me. One, I think it's a great idea to get rid of some of these things. But so I lean in on, on this, like, cause at the end of the day, being a college athlete, though I ran track, I was around a lot of my friends played mm -hmm. basketball, football, which are the money drivers to your, to your institution. Um, and so it's interesting because there are guys that I know that have received the athletic scholarship 
and we know they don't qualify, but the school's going to find a way to get them in. If you're good enough, they will find a way. There's very few mm-hmm. institutions across the country that won't bend on that rules, which we know are like Duke, Stanford, Notre Dame, right. Michigan, Wake Forest. Um, those those SMU are like SMU. Yeah, is SMU. One of them, yeah, they're they're very tight with that. Um, so here's what I say. I'll say about it. Um, one, I think it's cool. I think it's great. Let's get rid of it. Um, Cause at the end of the day, that's the whole reason why we have NCAA clearinghouse now is because there's always a way that someone's going to try to find a way to get around it. Mm-hmm. What I care more about though, is are we just doing this so we can get more kids on the team? Or are we really going to look out for the best interest of the kid? So mm. I love Thompson. You come in, you're going to, this is the system. And he, I'm sure, I don't know him. I would have loved to have a conversation to see what that kind of looked yeah. like. Like, hey, come in. You're not going to play your first year, but we're going to get you academically right. We're going to mm-hmm. get you right for life. We're going to give love, you a chance. We're going to give you a chance because, you know, the truth of the matter is a lot of these kids, not a lot, let me not say that. I don't want to generalize it. But you're going to get some kids that come into these programs, man. This is all they got. This is all they have. If their whole Their whole goal to get out of their current situation is let me get a scholarship somewhere. And hopefully I can make it to the league, right? But we also notice if it's, what is it, 2% only go Division One, mm-hmm. Out of that 2% that go Division One, there's an even smaller percentage of guys that are going to go to the league. So what are we going to do? Like, are we really going to make this about the student and not just the athlete? Because mm. I think that's the only way that this really works. Um, because we make billions of dollars off of the backs of, I'm just going to say it, poor black kids Mm. we make billions of dollars off of them and then they leave college with nothing you Mm. know and 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 this is where and 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 i'm because i can go on a a huge tangent on this but this Mm -hmm. is where my frustration comes with it is you bring the kid in you demonize him for not let me say academically, maybe being able to hang, which isn't his fault because he probably comes him or her. Let me not. They come from a school system that doesn't care. So I'm from Detroit, Michigan. The Detroit public school system is terrible. It's terrible. If you just show up to the school, you're going to pass. Heck, you might not even have to show up. You're going to pass. It's just Mm. about keeping the funding coming into the school. The kids Mm. don't learn. They don't have what they need, all those other things. And so where I get frustrated is we love the kid for the talent, but then we don't take care, but then we demonize them for not being where you want them to be academically. Mm. And then we push the whole narrative of student athlete, student athlete. But realistically, the only reason you love that kid is what they can do athletically, because this is what most people don't know. Trey, when you sign a college scholarship, that is not a guarantee four years, right? That is a one. That is Mm -hmm. a, Let's not even say year. That is a semester to semester contract. Mm. I'm telling you what I know. Mm. I'm telling you what I know. I know what happens at the end of the semester and you walk in and you sit with your coach and they tell you to your face, hey, we're going to renew that scholarship. Mm. That is a semester to semester deal. Deal. So I think it's great. I think it's cool. Awesome. Let's let's give some more kids a chance because not all just because you don't make the st- so. Um, somebody really close to me, intelligent kid, has a learning disability, doesn't do well on standardized tests, but flies out and kills his grades in school, right? 
a standardized mm-hmm. test preventing him from having a division one scholarship. So mm-hmm. I like that we're changing this for that. But in the grand scheme of thing, my thing is this, if you're going to do that, look after the kid when they come to your campus, mm-hmm. look after the kid. If you feel the kid isn't academically ready, then make sure you put that kid in a place to succeed because I've been blessed to have a relationship with a lot of people. And I, <laughs> it's a funny, I won't say the name cause you'll know him, but I know a guy that played at a big time ACC program who was in a very hard degree plan. And the coach looked at him and said, I don't pay you to come to school. I pay right. you to play football. So I, I just, when I saw it, I thought it was great. I, I see where we're trying to push to, but I'm just hoping this isn't some something where it's smoke and mirrors and yeah. we're not really looking after the college athlete. Because we're getting to the root of the problem. We're getting yeah. to the root of the, because most of it, and we're being honest, the minorities, let's just keep it a hundred. The most popular sports are ran by minorities, mainly black kids. Mm. Then let's set them up. Let's help mm. them. When they get to your, they should leave your institution better. They mm-hmm. should leave your institution like prepared for life because what a, what a lot of athletes deal with, and I'm, I have a young kid, a couple kids that I mentor now that are, when ball gets taken away from them, they don't know what else they're going to do. Right. And so you, you, you put, tw- let's think about this. You put 12 to 15 years of your life into this. And then say you get injured, say you tear ACL. And this is what happens. We know this to be true. Once you're no longer viable for the program, you're no, most programs, you're, you're no use to them. You're, yeah. hey, figure it out. And so for me, Love the rule. Let's just make sure we take care of the kid, though. That's always my thing. I'm a huge athlete advocate. Take yeah. care of the kid. And well, if we can do that, I like it. And it's it's interesting because I'm sitting here. Those of you who are watching notice that my background has changed from previous weeks. <laughs> and I don't know how much you can see it, but I got a couple of my chips. favorite movies behind me. One of them, yeah, Blue Chips. But the one next to it right here is, is the program. And there is a character in that movie, which is crazy. Cause I actually, I'm, I'm, I'm like trying to figure out a connection maybe that I have to get him on the podcast, but it's yeah. Alvin Mack who was like this, um, you know, soon to be top three, top five selection, uh, best linebacker, you know, in the nation mm-hmm. type type player. And they have just some iconic scenes of him in the games, but then he gets hurt. Well, but the thing you see is, um, you know, he's, he's just, he does, he's not smart. Right. And like, right, you, you right. see him sitting with his tutor and his tutor's like, you know, who fought and you know, the such and such war and he goes, I don't know, Detroit and Buffalo. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and he's, yeah. he's telling like the, the young freshman, uh, Hey, you know, you, you know, you stick with the program, they'll get you through, just don't do anything stupid, you know, yada, 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 yada. And then he gets hurt. And there's this, this very like demoralizing scene at the end of the movie where, the team just won this big game. They're celebrating. And then they pan back to him in his in his little bitty home with his mom and his two sisters just sitting there in a cast, listening to the celebration on the radio with just this dejected look on his face. Like, because that's to your point. And I know it's Hollywood and I know it's a movie, but that's this was weird. the early 90s, right? Like they're, they're, they're bringing something. I mean, this is yeah. something that's not new. And uh I'm with you. And then we could even open up the whole conversation about the kids that were, you know, 
declaring for the NBA draft early and then foregoing any college uh, eligibility mm-hmm. they could have. And then they weren't ready and they couldn't cut it. And then now all of a sudden here they are with nothing, like literally nothing, no opportunity whatsoever. And so, yeah, we, we've, we've, we, we spent quite a bit on that. Um, yeah, my bad. Which is necessary. And I think that's even something we can continue to revisit in future weeks, uh, just kind of organically as we continue to evolve the podcast. But um, let's let's get to week, what are we, week seven? Week seven, man. Week seven. Week seven. So I'm going to start this off because I've been in a slump with my bold <laughs> predictions. <laughs> and I finally, I, I said this week, I'm only going one bold, just one. Yeah. And I went with Baylor upsetting number 19 BYU, which they did. Shout they out did to it. the Baylor Bears. Shout out to Gary Bohannon or Sick Jerry him. Bohannon. I always, it's Gary or Jerry, but he's from Earl, Arkansas. Okay. Um, so why isn't he playing in Arkansas? Well, <laughs> Brett Bielema did not recruit him. And when we hired Chad Morris in December, Bohannon was going to be an early enrollee. He had been committed to Baylor and Matt Rule for so long. Chad Morris tried to come in at the last second and convince him otherwise. It was just too late in the game. But the reality was we really didn't uh, spend much time recruiting him. And then now he's he's doing really, really well for the Baylor Bears. And I hope nothing but the best for him. And then nothing but the best for the Baylor Bear program, man. I hope uh, – I hope they can keep making some noise, uh, shaking some things up over there in the Big 12. So that was my only bold. That's all I had to say on it. It's all you, behold. Yeah, shout out Sikkim Bears, man. I, I love Baylor Bears. One of the greatest track programs ever. Um, mm. Man, my bold prediction, and it, was a, it, was a, it wasn't a good one. I just kind of was swinging for the fences. I didn't really – you took the – I did almost go Purdue over Iowa, and I should have won with that. But I ended up just – I picked – Kentucky over Georgia, not because I thought they could beat them. I just, you know, and the the wimps of what happened last week, the craziest week of college football. I said, man, maybe yeah. maybe the magic is still in the air. And you know, Kentucky probably gave them the biggest, the best test out of anybody so far this season. Uh, At least for I, a half, yeah. yeah I like Will Levis, man. I and the thing is, I'm familiar with him. He played at Penn State, so mm. I, I I knew what he was capable of. Um, they had the number one rusher in the uh, SEC in Rodriguez. And so I thought, you know, hey, maybe if they keep it close and they put some pressure, maybe Georgia kind of makes a mistake. And I knew Georgia had to suffer like a big injury to, I think, uh, one of the receivers and the safety. So I was like, maybe the injury bug racks up on them. And, and it didn't. Georgia is loaded. What did my man from South Carolina say? They have 104 stars, 105 stars. One, the guy can run faster. Anybody on this call? I mean, when you have that much talent, it's just like, it's just locked and loaded. So, uh, you know, that was my bold prediction. I'll probably have a, a better one this week. Um, I just kind of tossed it up there because it's college football, man. Why not, you know, pick something crazy? I don't think you really understand and really feel Coach Beamer from that call yeah. <laughs> until you've like sat and just watched your team be demoralized by the Georgia Bulldogs. And then you go watch it and you're like, okay, I, I, I get, I get it, now. it now. I totally yeah. see what he's saying. <laughs> um, okay, my biggest surprise, man, I'm getting out of the Power Five. I'm staying mm-hmm. in the state of Texas, but I'm getting out of the Power Five. I mentioned this team a couple of weeks ago to keep an eye on. Yeah. And they're still making some noise, man. And that's the Roadrunners out there in uh, San Antonio, UTSA. Shout out to Coach Jeff Trailer. 
actually came from the University of Arkansas to become the head coach at UTSA. He is a high school football coaching legend out in East Texas. Uh, Barry Lunny Jr. is his offensive coordinator, the former Razorback um, quarterback, and yeah. then uh, spent pretty much the entire Bielema era and Morris era um, as the tight ends coach. And then he was actually the interim head coach uh, when Chad Morris got fired. So, man, they're making some noise out there in UTS, at UTSA. They're ranked in the top 25 as of today for the first time in program Let's history. I just want to give them some love. Obviously, we've got a pretty strong listener base in the state of Texas. And, uh, you know, I don't know who who may or may not be on the UTSA train, but now's a good time to hop on. I've obviously been on SMU the last couple of weeks. They were off this week. But um, UTSA, man, that was that's that's my surprise. Cracking the top 25 for the first time in program history. Man, and and they're and they're and they're playing really good. Like I'm, yeah. I read a I, I read a good article on Trailer Man, and it was um really cool just kind of see his inside. They kind of went through like how he came through the co- coaching ranks, um some of the stuff he's dealing with with this team. You know, keeping them focused, trying to get fans to the games, um all those different things. So right, it's it, it it's it's really really good to see that. I mean, I'm I was trying to remember off the top of my head, um. He was actually going to take another job. It came down to two different jobs, and he ended up going to UTSA, so it worked out. Um, but my my biggest surprise, man, would be um, Caleb Williams from OU. Um, mm. We saw what he did in the Red River shootout last week, uh, which was amazing. I mean, I thought it was great. And, I, you know, I said it last week, like, I like the kid. I think he's legit. Um, but I was interested to see how he played in primetime television this week um, against a good Gary TCU is always a solid team. Gary Patterson coaches his guys up for big games. Um, and from the opening kick, Caleb Williams looks like he's been playing college football for the last three years. Um, I agree. He, yeah. he, and you're talking about a kid who didn't play his senior year of high school because of COVID did not crazy. Play. So he hasn't played organized football in over a year till this season, mm. early enrolled, um, play in, in like what I like about him because I'm I'm watching his sideline. I'm watching the demeanor. I watched him even when Rattler was a starting quarterback, and mm-hmm. I'm I, I'm seeing him. And he was always hyping the team up. He's always just had this like cool, calm demeanor. It was never about because he was the number one dual threat quarterback coming. Out. And some let's be honest, football's an ego game. He could have very mm. well been on the sideline like I should be playing. But every time the sideline panned to him, even when the crowd was chanting for him, I watched him. He encouraged Spencer. He bigged him up. And so for this kid to come out, man, on primetime television and look so poised, so composed, so much moxie, the it factor, Mm. the team playing behind him, the stage wasn't too – I don't know if anybody's been to Norman. I've been to a game in Norman. That is an electric atmosphere. That is a tough atmosphere to play in. And you're an 18-year-old kid, and you step in – and you have that offense humming. Um, biggest surprise for me. I thought he would be decent. I didn't think he would be as good. At, I think he started the game like for 11 for 11 with almost 200 yards or something like that. Jeez. Like he came out hot. He And it was just like it was like he never took his foot off the gas. And so that was very surprising for me because – you know that's hard. You know anybody get we I, maybe I said we've been a little spoiled because the last four years we, we had Trevor Lawrence. You know he came right. out and you know we see we see the the true freshmen. Yeah, fields like and we have to re- remember that that's rare. Like these kids yeah. are rare to come in and 
and then go back, and I would have said this. Back oh yeah, yeah. Fields didn't do that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he played yeah. a little bit. As he played a little bit, Georgia, but, but it wasn't like he. Yeah, he took over. Like to run a complex offense. Like I always said, this football players aren't dumb. <laughs> like if you right. ever, they're not dumb. They are not dumb at all. Um, that's why I always think they should be like even better students. If you could put it into football terms, football players are probably yeah. be straight A students because the way you have to think in this complex. So that's my biggest surprise, man. I thought he would be good, but. He, Dare I say this, if if he was playing like that and he played like that the whole year, we wouldn't have no we would have zero doubts about OU and he would potentially, I would say, be in the Heisman consideration. Well, what he's done for me is completely shifted my thinking on OU. You remember a few weeks ago yeah. I was talking, man, they're 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 gonna I said it. I mean, they're a good football team, probably gonna win the Big Twelve, but was like they're not the third best team in the country. Um I mean, I'm not sitting here gonna gonna say comment on whether or not I think that I'm really not sure at this point it's just such a but (laughs) I mean I really wouldn't be shocked if that scenario played out where they go into the CFP the number one ranked team um absolutely but who knows they've still got uh man I'm hoping that Bedlam game is a battle of undefeateds I I uh, when they play Oklahoma State I watched Oklahoma Uh, State yesterday they look good man I think they can hang with them all right so overrated it, it's not really an overrated for, you know what before we get to overrated i have to comment on this because <laughs> it's it's kind of, it, it, we can't go a whole episode without mentioning this but a surprise was the tennessee fan reaction uh yes to the old miss game yes. look i get it there's a lot of animosity with the lane kiffin dynamic and i also understand that 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 questionable call at the very end on that fourth down and play i knew they were gonna like go crazy over that i did not realize it was gonna turn into a complete stoppage of play and a player safety issue yeah. well player safety and lane kiffin i mean they were they were gunning for him and so if you didn't see it i mean they had to stop play for a solid it felt like half an hour minutes, man. man yeah i was covering the game so it was 25. yeah <laughs> so i was just watching it like geez they're throwing bottles throwing golf, golf balls, balls throwing mustard bottles. i mean all kinds of crazy stuff and so here's my i have two thoughts on it and then that's it because we gotta we we, we need we need to get rolling so we can get to true minute but one it may have already been announced, but if it hasn't, I hope that the SEC finds Tennessee a much more significant fine than just storming the field, Yeah. right? Because storming the field is also a player-coach safety issue, but it, the, the intent behind it is not to cause harm. It's, it's, you know, it's an, an excitement and, and celebration. Last night, they were trying to hurt somebody, Yeah. right? Oh, sure. Like, they were so angry... And I get it, man. Like, I get just as angry as the rest of them when it comes to supporting my team. But, like, you also got to be able to go, all right, man, like, like this is also real life here, man. You right, know what I mean? Like, right. there's, there's a difference between <laughs> real life and, like, my favorite team. Right, exactly. But let me balance that thought with this one. I better not see any SEC particularly fan base trying to act like what the Tennessee fan base did is just so despicable. And so, <laughs> because here's what I will say, even as an Arkansas fan, 
Every single fan base in the SEC has the potential, with the exception of maybe Vanderbilt. Right. I was going to say Vanderbilt. <laughs> maybe Florida. I don't know that I see Florida. I, nah. To me, they just feel like they got a totally different vibe out there. Yeah, they're just. I mean, they're on the beach. They're on the coast. You know, <laughs> but any other fan base, I wouldn't put it past them doing the same exact thing. And I'm not saying they would, but and before you start saying, "Well, not my fan base," you better go check your your own skeletons because I saw a few um, SEC people on Twitter um, from some other SEC East and SEC West schools that I thought, hmm. I bet if I just did a little simple Google search, I could I go find, find some stuff about <laughs> your fan base that you wouldn't be so proud of either. So I think that it was ridiculous that that happened. I think Tennessee deserves a, a harsh fine. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like it's a game. Like you, you, you want to, you want twenty-two year olds. That's that's exactly right. <laughs> like you want coaches and players to be safe. Be mad, let it out, scream, yell, cheer, whatever you need to do. But like, don't cross the line where you start to put someone else in harm. And then all you other fan bases, Kentucky's, uh, Ole Miss, uh, Mississippi State, even my own, Arkansas, like get off your high horse as well, because you know just as well as I do that your fan base, if they wouldn't do that, probably has something in their history that, it, mm-hmm. you know, they're not so proud of. So let's not judge the Tennessee fan base by their worst moment, um, which I believe last night was a display of that. Um, but that that's, we had to bring it up. It was a pretty big headline along with, you know, the, the, the rest of the craziness from yesterday. But if you got any quick comments on that before we get to overrated, no, go ahead. I mean, it was just, I just think, you know, we all get passionate. Like I just said, when I briefly said, it's like, we have to remember at the end of the day, it's not real life, man. It's, it's a game mm-hmm. with a bunch of, this is where I, I've reframed it back to me. When the game's over, my emotions are done with it because I can't allow some 18 to 22 year old kids <laughs> to affect my mood that bad who at the end of the day, like, let me tell you something my dad taught me. And then I'm done. Like this is 2005. The Pistons just lost to the, uh, to the Spurs, Spurs. In the NBA finals. Right. I'm uh-huh. pissed, angry, Matt, my dad, I'm the, and you know, my dad. So oh, my yeah. dad, my dad looks at me, he goes, are you really mad? I'm like, I can't believe it. They cheated us. He goes, Brandon, Chauncey Billups is going to go to Disney World tomorrow, and he's not in his home <laughs> saying, oh, man, I let Brandon Holmes down. How dare I? <laughs> I can't believe it. Brandon's so upset. And ever since my dad has said that to me, like, after the game, I'm done. I'm like, you're right. Like, no player in Tennessee is not – Joe Milton is not in his dorm room like, man, I really let down Ben from Knoxville yesterday. How yeah. dare I? Like – Joe was probably texting the girl or playing Madden. They don't care. Like, he ain't over there going, oh, man, we didn't get revenge against right. Lane Kiffin. Were these guys even born when that happened? Yeah, I mean, come on. They don't care. So, guys, like, I get it. Be passionate. But always remember, at the end of the game, that person is not personally thinking about you if they've lost. Like, I've really let Brandon down. Like, the Michigan quarterback is not thinking about Brandon Holmes when he loses. He's that's like, right. I, I could care less. So that's all I have to say about it to bring a little humor to uh, a crazy situation. <laughs> Chauncey Phillips is going to Disney World. Disney World he ain't thinking about. He is not okay. thinking about Brandon. All I've got just one quick statement with overrated, and I don't, I don't know if I'm trying to call a team overrated or if I'm trying to call a team underrated. 
Yeah. But something about Cincinnati being ranked number two mm. and Oklahoma State being ranked number eight mm. isn't sitting right with me. And I, I'm not sure what it is. I'm not sure if I feel like Oklahoma State should be a little higher because they've just had three straight top 25 wins. Yes, they did. You know, at the time of the games. Um, they are undefeated. You know, obviously Cincinnati probably gets a leg up because they had the road top 10 win against Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. But does there need to be that much of a gap? And that's, I, I don't know. Like, I don't want to sit here and say Cincy doesn't deserve to be number two right now. Because like I said earlier, they're probably going to end up getting leapfrogged by some of these other teams as their schedules play out. But maybe it's, I feel like Oklahoma State should be getting a little more respect. They're certainly going to have their opportunity. If they keep winning Mm -hmm. the games that are put in front of them, eventually they're going to be up against a top, potentially top two, three team in OU, um, which could end up being a very significant game. But Something about that just didn't sit right with me. So I don't want to sit here and say that I'm calling Cincy overrated. Maybe it's more me calling Oklahoma State underrated. Just something about that felt off. But I'll just leave yeah. it at that. Well, you know who I'm going to say is overrated. It's our favorite state in America. The Iowa Hawkeyes, baby. <laughs> the Iowa I freaking love Iowa. I think our I- podcast you- is banned <laughs> from the state of Iowa at this point. Have you ever been to Iowa? No. no, no one ever wants to go to Iowa. In no. the words of Joe Kim Noah, who vacates? No one says, hey, I'm going to vacation in Iowa. I've been to Iowa. Hey, Iowa State has great facilities. I have been there um, for track. It's weird. Anyways, I, that's a tangent for another day. Iowa to me is overrated. They are, they are who we thought they were, right? Yes. You know, and, I, and, and, I, and I'm credited on Wax saying maybe this might be a different team, the defense. But we just found out when their defense can't do what their defense has been doing, they have zero offense to make mm. to make up for it. And we know that's what championship caliber teams do. If one of your sides of the football is having an off day, the other side has to pick up the slack. Mm. And um and Jeff Brown, man, shout out to Purdue, man, and uh and, and yeah. uh, my man Bell. He he went off for like two hundred and sixty yards on mm. those boys. I mean, he went mm. way to attack it. I love the game plan. I was like cheering the whole time. I wish I would have bet on the game. I would have made a lot of money. But, yeah, I mean, Iowa, I don't really know if they're overrated. I think they just finally did what we thought they were going to do. Like you said earlier, we probably thought it was going to be either worse Wisconsin or Nebraska, mm-hmm. and at worst it would be the Big Ten championship game. But, you know, at this point now, I think we can finally just cross off their list. I don't care if they even win out for the remainder of the year. No. You know, even if they won the Big Ten title game, they, I don't see them getting into the playoff mm-hmm. because – that Purdue loss is going to look like a very bad loss. So, yes, not really overrated, but they just are who we thought they were. Because even if they run the table and then say they beat a one win, a one loss Ohio State team, or even an undefeated Michigan or Michigan State team in the Big Ten mm-hmm. Championship, that loss will give the committee the justification to put Notre Dame in that spot if they win yep. out. You know what or, I mean? Right. Or the two one loss SEC teams. Right. Okay. True minute drill. We're going to get right into it. It is what does LSU do now? I'll go first. I'll go. Go for it. I'll go first. And I actually don't, I'm not as prepared. Uh, Last week I was ready. Like I had my note sheet ready. Mm -hmm. This one I know what I think they should do. It's just probably (laughs) not going to be as. All right. So everyone knows the drill. Start on the whistle, end on the buzzer. 
Okay, so LSU, you've just agreed to part ways with the man that brought you a national championship just a few years ago, which is crazy to me until I started thinking about that team and thought, hmm, it was a record-setting team. They had the number one draft pick at quarterback. They had a first-round receiver who is dominating in the NFL right now. In fact, both of those players are making one of the worst teams in the NFL somewhat relevant in Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. Your offense was record-setting. Your quarterback was record-setting. You won the Heisman. You, you got a Heisman Trophy. You got a Belitnikoff Award, Maxwell. I mean, all of it. Why not go get the guy that won the Broyles Award that year? And that's Coach Joe Brady who's the offensive coordinator right now with Carolina, why not go get him, let him go find a quarterback and rebuild the offense that he had uh, when um, Burrow was there and then like just give him an unlimited budget for defensive coordinator. Okay, I'm running out of time. I like that. I, I am upset you kind of left off Justin Jefferson off that list. He oh yeah, I forget. I, for, I forget that he was even because Jamar Chase won the award that year, yeah, correct? But did. Jefferson, I mean, that is just crazy. Jefferson was that dude that year, and he's killing it in the league. I mean, that team—that's unbelievable. That team and here's what's crazy: they had all those guys the year before. It was like, <laughs> right. but Brady came in and just that, that made it come to life. Electric. Okay, right, I think I'm you're ready. up. I'm ready. Ready. All right, LSU, listen, Scott Woodward, you guys' current AD, man, he is known for making the big-time hires. Quickly as this came out, I saw a bunch of lists of a bunch of people that you should go get. Some say Jimbo Fisher. Some say Joe Brady. If I'm, if I think when it comes down to this, you need to get somebody that is just going to kind of fit culturally into what you're doing down there in the bayou. You need somebody that can recruit their behind off. There's a big name that I would – there's a name that I would go get. Actually, there's two names. One, I will go – even though this would be his third job in four years, I go get Mel Tucker out of Michigan State. I like him. He's tough. He's gritty. He can recruit his behind off. He has SEC ties. He was a Saban assistant. I like how quickly he's turned around Michigan State. I just don't know if he'll be able to leap Michigan State that soon. But if not, this is who I'm calling. I'm calling James Franklin out of Penn State. The guy is a proven winner in the SEC. You saw what he did at Vanderbilt. You see what he can do at Penn State. Imagine what he can do down there in Death Valley with an unlimited budget, great boosters, and NIL deals all around the way. You need somebody that can poach Louisiana, somebody that can poach Georgia and Mississippi and Texas and bring a championship down to LSU. And I think those two guys would be your greatest chance. At number, one, number two, Mel Tucker. Dude, Michigan State fans are going to be like, bro, why y'all keep trying to take our coach? I feel I like we did, Mel, a true minute, <laughs> we did a true minute drill with Florida State, and I was all over Mel Tucker. I want to say we mentioned him in the USC. We did. Now we're mentioning him in uh, James Franklin, too, but I don't think we've mentioned him for all of them. Like I feel like mm. every time one pops open, one of us is like, Mel Tucker. Michigan because State's like, bro. <laughs> I, just, I just look at it like this with Mel. And because Mel, no shade to Mel. Mel was like, I'm never leaving Colorado. And then a, week, a day later, he leaves Colorado. Um, I just don't see a guy who coached on Saban's staff, who has SEC ties, and we all know mm -hmm. every coach, like it, 
if you every coach wants to coach in the SEC unless you can get to a big name program outside the SEC. That means if you can get USC, if you can get Notre Dame, if you can get Michigan, Ohio State, Ohio State yeah. Florida State. Like if you're not coaching at any one of those big programs, you want to go to the SEC. And mm-hmm. I think um I think he fits culturally the Bayou, man. Mm-hmm. Like he has a little bit of that coach O in him, that rugged tough mm-hmm. um and you need a guy that can one he's a great recruiter who's very fluent in the transfer portal he understands that really well which is hey the sec loves the transfer portal the sec loves mm-hmm. juco and then a guy who can say i can build a fence around the top talent in louisiana and in the southeast and i just think um i think mail mail will bring i this is all i'm saying the type of athletes lsu always has a Mel Tucker defense with those type of athletes, I think are is deadly. Mm. And then if he can go get a good OC, I think that's a competitive team every because we see what he's doing at Michigan State with I want to just right. say it, bro. It's it's talent. But man, the talent he could pull at LSU doesn't even compare. It, it yeah. doesn't even compare. And that's why I like him. And I, I think he's looking for the big payday. And and Michigan State can't compete. Because I know people personally that rock that are boosters at LSU. And yeah, Michigan State can't compete with that. So we'll see, man. We'll see. I like the Joe Brady All pick, right. though. Well, y'all, one word plug. I Came as a Shadow by John Thompson. I strongly encourage Check you to it read it. It's got some, and it's just a great basketball book, too. It's a great life's book, but it's some great basketball stories in there and just hearing that. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at It's Trey Smith. B. Holmes, hit them with our socials, and uh, let's here. sign this thing off. Yeah, man, so hit us. Um, you can follow Trey at It's Trey Smith on Twitter. You can follow me at, at Real B. Holmes if you're on IG. You can follow us at Blue Blood CGT. Um, yes. We're on there. I'm also on there, Brandon L. Holmes. Um, get on TikTok, man. Get on TikTok, yeah. Blue Blood CGT. Man, we're up to 6,500 followers in a matter of three weeks. Man, get mm. on TikTok. We go viral every week. Join, join the wave. Uh, make, and then YouTube, guys. Come on, man. We we just keep asking as much as you can. Go to YouTube. Give us a, a subscriber, man. We love it. We dress, We drop fresh content every day. So super thankful for it. Um, but until then, man, soak in your wins, wallow in your losses. We're getting ready for week eight, man. It's going to be a great week. Take care. I love college. See you next week. Hey. College football. Hey. I love March Madness. Hey. Man, I love college.